Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Austin Cleon. He is an artist and writer, and we are going to talk about his book, Steal Like an Artist, something that you all ought to be very interested in, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative. So, Austin, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. So, this... And maybe I'll say this wrong, but this whole project book started as as a speech, which actually started as some poetry. Is that an accurate <laughs> description? <laughs> well, um, I was actually asked to talk to a group of uh, college students based on my newspaper blackout work. Um, and for people who don't know um, newspaper blackout, I basically take a copy of the newspaper and a permanent marker and I circle some words and I black out the rest and it kind of looks like if the CIA did haikus. Um, So, yeah, so I was asked to talk to a group of students um, based on that work and so it was a convocation so I was trying to come up with something that um, to say to these, you know, to these young students and um, I just pretty much wrote down a list of 10 things I wish I'd heard when I was their age. You mean you didn't want to go out and say, you know, be all you can be? That, uh, that just didn't work for you? For it? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think a lot of the book is kind of a response to all the kind of cliched advice that you get when you're young, like uh, write what you know and follow your bliss and follow yeah. your dreams and all that stuff. Well, and and... You have an entire book, though, that's uh, that's the poetry as well, the Blackout Poetry, right? Yeah, so my first book is called Newspaper Blackout, and it's a, it's a collection of those poems. Now, is that uh, this art, can you call this an art form, I guess, um, has actually become pretty popular. Now, do, do, you, do, you, do you get to claim to have created it, or is it something that you stole, so to speak? Well, it's funny. I thought when I started making them, I was ripping off the government. Um, I thought that I was right. kind of ripping Code. off the, right. Right. the redacted document style. And then what was interesting is the more I posted them online, the more I would get emails and comments about how unoriginal the idea really was. And when I started doing some research, I found a 250-year-old history of finding um, poetry in the newspaper um, and so I was kind of stuck with this, like, okay, do you quit because it's an unoriginal idea or that people have kind of done some more things before, or do you take inspiration from all those people and just make your work better? Um, which, so, which yeah, is, so which I decided is actually, the latter. Yeah, I was going to say, which is actually a, a major thread that runs through your book. <laughs> so so let's go there. Um, I, I, have exactly. to ask, I have to ask because... I'm certain people have asked you this before. So what do you really mean by steal like an artist? Well, steal like an artist is a play off of something that Picasso supposedly said, a bad artist copy, a great artist steal. And actually it wasn't Picasso that said that. It was T.S. Eliot. He was talking about poets. And um, he said that bad poets imitate um, great poets steal. But what he talked about was that the bad poet takes what they've stolen and are copied and they make it worse or they deface it somehow. And the good poet takes it and welds it into something completely different or new. And so Still Like an Artist is really about uh, really soaking up as much inspiration as you can, but then transforming that in- inspiration into something of your own. 
Yeah, and I must admit, I was really taken with this book, and a lot of people might think this is a book for creatives, and um, you know, or people that that, that want to paint. <laughs> and and actually, I was very taken yeah. by I was very taken by this book because it has such business application. Um, I actually have said all along that that's really I'm not that creative in terms of thinking here's a great idea but I'm really good and my business has thrived at me saying you know what this is good this is good and this is good this is how we could combine it and change it and make it something that would be more useful and I think that that that's a real entrepreneurial business skill yeah I think like I think we have this idea of creativity just being one thing, and there's actually a really good book by this guy named Jonah Lair that's out right now called Imagine and one of the things that he talks about is that creativity isn't just one thing, it's kind of this umbrella term. um I think what you're talking about is what some people have dubbed combinatorial creativity. Um, but really, I think creativity is just taking the things in front of you and 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 turning something new out of them, you know. Um, and I think that can include so many different things, you know. It can include like a an innovative. It could be everything from an innovative uh, business plan to a new recipe that your mom cooked up, you know. I mean, I, my definition of creativity is really very broad. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's great. I think the I think the other thing that I love that you talk about too is, and I talk about this all the time too. Is that you know I I talk a lot about you know bringing your passion and purpose you know to a business that you're going to start, which is a great ideal. But the fact of the matter is, most people don't have any idea what that is until they start doing it yeah. and experiencing it, and it evolves. And I think you talk yeah. a lot, you talk a lot about that in the book too. That you know with the art, you just start doing it, and it'll it'll find you, so to speak. Which you know maybe it's too touchy feely for some people, but I truly believe it. No, I think I think there's a couple of things. Like when I was younger, like I, I thought for sure that I needed I thought everyone had everything figured out. And that's why people were successful. Like they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they just went out and they like figured out how to do it and that was it. But um what I you know, I also when I was younger I felt like I had to choose one thing to do with my life and I had to like concentrate on that very thing. But one of the things I kinda of talk about in the book is just I think it's so important for all of us to keep our passions in our life. And the way that we figure out what we're supposed to be doing as a career is you just let all those passions stay in your life. You give them each some time and then you let them kind of bump up against each other. And I think out of that, like forms, it's not a career, a life out of that. Yeah, I think that's so awesome too because there, you know, think of all the people that you know that were told this is your path from the time they were about twelve, and and then they wake up about forty five and go, how did I get here? You know, this. Oh yeah, this, this sucks. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, it was really interesting. Like, I gr- I grew up writing and drawing together, like because I was still into comics, and then when I got to school. Um, all of a sudden drawing was called art class and, you know, writing was called English class. And, um, when I got to college, it got even worse. You know, you're supposed to be like an art major or an English major. And, um, and now I make my living putting the two together, you know? So it was really the fact that I didn't throw either of them out that's like enabled me to have my career. And I know so many people who it's the same thing. They've kept their interests their varied interests in play and, and the art of what they do is, is linking them together. Well, and you know what's so great about that too, though, is it almost doesn't matter what you do then. Your, what your profession is or how you make, you know what I mean? As long as you're doing the things, 
um, and you can find somebody to pay you for that, I mean, somebody values that, then, then you know, you really, it's like you have, it's wide open what you could actually produce or do. Yeah, as long as you're exercising the muscles that those passions need, you know, or, or require, you know, it, it really doesn't matter what you do. It's, it's, it's so much more about having those things in your life. One of my favorite sections of the book when you talk about having the, uh, I mean, because we're all, well, not everyone, but a, a majority of us, and certainly in my life, you know, the computer screen sucks the life out of me all day long. Um, and uh, you, you have this idea of the analog desk, and we're we're actually going to do that at my office because I, oh, cool. I, I think there is something really kind of neat to that idea of, of unplugging, you know, both literally and metaphorically. Um, and, and so talk a little bit about the, the two desks idea. Yeah, so this is something I kind of stumbled on when I was writing my first book. Um, you know, my first book, I did everything by hand first. And, you know, I made all the poems with a Sharpie and a, and a newspaper. And then I scanned them into the computer. But then I printed them back out on the printer and cut them up into these little, like, into little quarter sheets of paper and, like, kind of spread them all over my office and figured out where the you know, where the themes were and how things linked up. And then I, then I scanned that order back into the computer. So I kind of had this analog digital loop going on. But what I noticed was it's like when I was away from the computer, that's when I made the really the good discovery. It's like when the good stuff happened. And then the computer was really good at executing that really that good idea. So what I ended up doing in my office is I have two desks now, and they're right across from each other in my room because my office isn't very big. But the one desk is my analog desk, and it has pens and paper, and anything that doesn't require any more power than my elbow grease goes on that um, goes on that desk. And then on my other desk, I have my computer and my scanner and all that stuff. And there's something about physically going across the room to the analog desk when I need new ideas it kind of tricks it into, you know, okay, this is playtime. You know, this is this is the time where you just dream and let things come out. You don't worry about it. You just let things go. And then when I go back over to the computer, that's when it's time to execute and edit and publish and that kind of thing. And it's just been something that's worked really well for me. Well, and, and you know, without getting too philosophical about it, I just think that that, that need to unplug you know i mean even if it's i mean even if it's go out and play in the dirt you know oh, yeah. it just it's really so does something important. yeah it's so important and i i mean you know i think that the big thing is computers can give us so much like the internet can give us so much i mean the internet gave me a career you know um but uh you just have to make sure that the machine isn't sucking more out of you than it is getting you back, you know? And I, I think that's a balance that everyone needs to find. But I really think that creativity really happens in those moments where you're, um, you know, you're not, you're not overly stimulated. Like, you, 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 like, you, you've, you've absorbed all the stimulation, you know, you have all this influence, but then you have a quiet um, or, or just a, just a dedicated space without distraction to really focus and make something happen. Well, you know, how or many, daydream and make something Well, I was going to say, how many <laughs> stories have you read from people, too, that said they, they had their brilliant, you know, breakthrough in the shower? And I think that's probably oh, yeah. the same deal, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's absolutely the same deal. So, so one of your ten things that nobody told you about being creative um, is 
Most of them I thought, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. I got to number nine, and I thought, well, that's really counterintuitive. Um, that And, <laughs> and just to remind you, be boring. Um, it's yeah. the only way to get things done or to get work done. So, you know, that's the one that I probably struggle with the most because, you know, I'm, I'm a marketer, right? And, and you know, boring, right. boring's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny. Be boring is all about energy. Like, that. that – that part is all about, um, there's this, uh, there's this great flow bear quote and he says, um, be, be boring and bourgeois in your day to day life so that you can be violent and original in your work. And basically what I read that quote is, is saying is that creative work takes a lot of energy and you don't have that time if you're blowing it on, on crazy vices and a lot of other stuff, you know? So I think it's really just a call. You know, we, we all have, we all know creative people who we've lost too early to drug abuse or exhaustion or whatever. It's really just a call to take care of yourself and to organize your life in a way that you actually get work done. And that, so you actually do creative things instead of uh, concentrate on being a creative as a noun, <laughs> you know, the Don Draper creative or whatever. <laughs> well, well, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, a coke habit or something. I mean, just even stress, right. stress you know, because you've yeah. Got, too many things on your plate or too much debt or something, you know, will steal your creativity too. I know personally I can't write with a darn unless I'm relaxed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's just so important. So, so the last one, and, and I really, really believe this, I think in growing a business, you, you say create creativity is subtraction, but I think, I think actually focus and clarity and, and having a plan, you know, to me is about more about what to leave out than what to put in. But, but talk about that one. Cause I, I, I really firmly believe that as well. Well, creativity is subtraction. It was actually a, uh, it was a, it was a blackout I made on accident, but the minute I kind of made this poem, I knew it was kind of going to be my, you know, kind of my, not a trademark, but it was going to be a slogan of some sort in my life. And um, the thing, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's um, a lot of our work is what we choose not to do, what we choose to leave out, um, what we, because choosing what to leave out means that you're choosing what to focus on, like you said. And, um, and I think that, again, it's kind of like the unplugging thing with the computer. I mean, you really have to, figure out what's important in your life and and the way you do that is to cut away the you know cut away the excess and um and to me uh you know there are sacrifices that come with uh that come with wanting to do something with your life you know you got to make cuts you gotta you gotta we can't we're not superhuman you're gonna miss things you're gonna have to not do some things in order to really focus on the work that you want the work you want to do so, Steel Like an Artist is – it's one of those books, one of the things I like about it, those books that you can pick it up and you can read it cover to cover or you can flip to any given page and just go, mm-hmm. you know, bingo, there's a nice little nugget. Um, and, and I love books like that. Uh, beautifully illustrated, as one might, might imagine, and, and really is uh, is a pleasure to read. For, for any of you that are out there, you know, reading these these books about finance and marketing and research you know you need to pick this one up too to give your brain a <laughs> brain brain a, a, not a vacation necessarily in fact it, in some ways some of these ideas might hit you a little harder than some of what you've been reading but but certainly a little more fun read so we can get this book just about anywhere can't we austin 
Yeah, it's um, the best thing to do is just walk into your local bookstore and ask for it, or you can go to steallikeanartist.com and buy it on all the big uh, online retailers, too. All right. Well, I certainly appreciate you uh, stopping by and spending some time. I know the book is doing extremely well, and that uh, translates into uh, keeping you extremely busy. So uh, uh, I, I appreciate it, love the book, and hope, hopefully uh, next time I'm in Austin, I'll look you up. Oh, I would love that. Thank right. you so much for having me. Okay. Take care.